I'm a big believer that time is one of the better stressors in the weight room. Obviously, everyone falls in love with load from my world, which is, you know, strength coaching. Maybe in the bodybuilding world, they fall in love with the pump. In the fat loss world, maybe it's the burn. But the thing that I think can constrict you emotionally is time. You know, if you're doing a workout three sets of eight with one minute rest, you know, three sets of eight where you sit on the, you know, hang out with your buddies and talk about movies isn't a hard workout. Three sets of eight with one minute rest is very challenging on that third set. So time is a constrictor. This is the Strategy of Fitness podcast. Our goal is to energize and entertain fitness enthusiasts by sharing insights from experts in the health and wellness community. From physical therapy perspectives to interviews with professional athletes, special operators, nutritionists, and coaches. We want to help you be your best self. Welcome to the Strategy of Fitness. the strategy of fitness it has a nice ring to it doesn't it check out the link in our instagram bio get 30 dollars off your first month subscription get the brand new 4.0 and start this year off right track your sleep track your recovery track your daily strain there's no better tech to wear every single day and hold you accountable of course this podcast is your weekly accountability buddy but there's nothing better on the market than whoop check it out welcome back to the strategy of fitness podcast my name is nick cressy Joined weekly by Dan Gorn and Rob Rowland. Boys, what's up? Cutting it close with my smokes and getting the meals prepped for the week. And then I just came up here to talk to Dan John. So having a pretty good night. Robbie, how about you? <laughs> I like you pulled the Robbie out. Dude, you know what? It took Dan John to pull you out of like your, uh, I feel like you're on a little bit of a cold streak there, but we got some great Dan rants tonight, man. I feel like you're back. It's, it's been a couple, couple weeks, but Dan got it out of you. It was great having Dan on. I love having the guests, but I feel like just the three of us, like I was listening to that last episode, the, the one on Heart Zone. I was like, man, this is really good stuff that I think I would listen to regardless of if I was doing it or not. Like, I really love that episode. How many times did you say Jamoke in that episode? Because you, you dropped it once tonight. I love that term. Jamoke? I, I love Jamoke, isn't it? It just hits. It's almost as good as Chuff. Chuff I've used too much though, so we're going Jamoke. I like it. Well, we went pretty long with Dan. As always, he's fantastic. So check that out uh, on the back end of this intro. Anything worthwhile to mention in the gym this week, boys? Yeah, man. 40-minute EMOMs. I had an eight-mile run on Saturday. Just normal bullshit. Nick, let's do a CrossFit Masters quarterfinals review and recap very, yeah. very quickly. Nick, I'll how'd it go? Quick. And I'm going to say you did you did awesome, man, because you're going to be hard on yourself on a couple of things. But great job, man. If you listen back last week, I was very transparent. I said, workout two and workout three are going to be very bad for me. So workout one, I finished 91st. Workout four, I finished 107th. Workout five, I finished 80th. Workout two, I finished 727th. And workout three, I finished 568th. If you look at top 100 guys, I finished higher than most of them in those other three. I just was so bad in those two. Uh, And really workout two beat my ass. I worked out with DeMalto, who great buddy of mine. And, uh, he, he smoked me on that workout. So I don't know why or what happened or why it messed with me so badly, but it was rough overall happy with it. Fun. Chris Clyde, my old programmer. And we, we had him on what, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, made it to the semi. So that's pretty sick. You had to be top 30 to move on. So very awesome to see someone we know moving forward. And I uh, just want to shout out a friend of ours, listens to the podcast, Dave Shapiro. I think he was something like, he jumped about 400 spots. I think it was like 800, and then he jumped up like 400. So he's putting great work. He's doing really amazing stuff, and he's uh, somebody I look up to, you know, at our gym that, that really is killing it all the time. That's awesome. Good job yeah. to everyone participated. And uh, Nick, I, I challenge you to it, man. And you did great. I, I'm just curious. I worked out. I just, what was the worst part? Was it the bar-facing burpees that got you on that one? I debriefed it a hundred times in my head. I had no get up. I could always push through. I just had nothing. I, I started those overhead squats and we know I was dealing with the hip in the back. And I think that was a little bit in my head, but man, my burpees were so slow, like to the point where I was hands and knees and you've worked out with me. Like I typically don't stop on burpees. A barbell may slow me down. No, no. Yeah. Burpees are so mental. I was kind of like looking around, like, 
kind of out of it a little bit. I'll do it again probably one day just because that's not a 17 or 18 minute workout for me. It's probably closer to a 14 or 15 minute workout, but you know, always good to have a little slice of humble pie. Yeah. And I, I think environment too. I don't know, like you're always by yourself working out with other people, working out with your friend, like maybe you were jacked up after the first workout. I don't know, man, it could, could have thrown you off. I mean, I went really fast on the first one. And I think we took like 30 minutes into the next one and good for Nick to be able to bounce back like that. I would have, probably taken an hour and a half and laid on that floor and stretched out. And again, I think it's good to test yourself in a, in a tight window. I don't think that's the reason I finished 750th in that workout. I think there was plenty of reasons. Probably one of them was I just didn't push hard enough. So I think that's the main one. You know, you got beat by Nick, like usually beat him on pretty much everything, but like, that's a good thing. And it says he listens to the podcast. He's, you know, you guys are, you know, workout buddies. It's like, you want to inspire and make somebody better. Like that's fucking awesome. Oh, I was proud and, of him. Know, exactly. like, that's, I mean, as much as it sucks to get beat, like that's a pretty sick moment for him. And, you know, yeah, I was, I was awesome super job. proud of him and it was, it was great. Went down to CrossFit Lewis, talked to a couple of those guys, super, super uh, encouraging and helpful. It's funny. The best workout I did was after a night of burning it down and Dewey with beef. But it just shows that, like, CrossFit's so funny. When it's your strengths, it doesn't matter. The rowing and the double-unders and the handstand push-ups was, was made for me. And some of the other ones, I was talking to Mal about it afterwards. And she was like, what could you do to do better? And I was like, well, I could do stuff I really don't like doing, like lightweight overhead squats and stuff like that. You know how it is. Like, that's the challenge of this sport is how much do you want it? And that's the fun part, too. Awesome stuff. Well, everyone, um, the man who needs no introduction, Dan John, coming up and coming in hot. Welcome back to the Strategy of Fitness podcast, my personal favorite. Dan John, what's going on? Well, I'm lifting weights, writing books, professoring, and trying to fight back the dandelions, but keep my new beehive alive. So it's pretty good. Oh, nice. I like that. I have a beehive now. I'm very excited. In fact, I'm probably end up with three of them. Is that new? Is that a new addition? Yeah. I, uh, one of my former students is a beekeeper, and we were talking, and I said, I'd love bees. And he said, it's weird. One hive can give you 150 pounds in Utah of honey a year. You can expect more like 70 or 80 pounds, but you know, I'll, I'll end up with 40 pounds and I'm just going to give away most of it. But yeah, it's kind of fun. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I go out there every day and I check on my staff and they're working hard. They are as busy as, um, oh, what would you say? Bees. <laughs> Love it. I knew it All right. Fun. I'm sorry, guys. Jeez. That's just, that was good. It was good. Uh, what'd you hit in the gym today? So I'm trying to condition myself for weightlifting meets a little differently this time. So I'm doing, I mean, it's called EMOM today, but back in the day, we called them 60s, that every 60 seconds you do a rep. So I snatch, I add five pounds on the minute, every minute. I add five pounds, I add five pounds, I add five pounds, I add five pounds. And then I get to a certain number. It's like, okay, after about nine sets, I clean and jerk with that last snatch. And then I add five, you know, and I go up doubles for the first three snatches and then singles from then. And it doesn't sound like much, uh, gentle listener, but the Olympic lifts have a very strange cardiovascular hit. It's kind of like if you've ever wrestled, you know, when somebody comes to a wrestling match and says, what do you get in shape by jogging? And you just go, you're too stupid to be in the stands. No, you get in shape for wrestling by going in a really hot, stinky ass room and, you know, throwing your body against somebody else for three hours. You know, and that's how you get in shape for wrestling and how you get in shape for Olympic lifting is snatch and clean and jerk. But by having those limited one minute rests and adding weight every time, even though the loads are light, I get this little panic because the weights are heavier. And the first set I'm like breathing, you know, by the end, I sound like, um, well, I didn't want to say anything. If, well, I sound like a porn shoot, you know, it's pretty bad, you know. When's the competition? Oh, well, that's the thing. Uh, the Utah Weightlifting Association doesn't send me emails anymore. So I do have a meet in England on, oh, it's like the 18th or the 19th of June. So I got a lot of stuff before then, uh, personally, professionally. And I'm trying to think through this, you know, what? how can I get in really good shape, but still be able to travel and still be able to, you know, walk my daughter down the aisle, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I love the the 60s for the weightlifting. How long do you go for on one of those workouts? Do you set a, a limit or is it just when the clean and jerk gets heavy, then you, you terminate the workout? Yeah, what right now I'm thinking 18-minute windows. So nine snatches, 
nine clean and jerks. I only do singles for clean and jerks. I've been doing it that way since like 73, 74. Snatches. I'll do triples, but I've discovered maybe it's my age, but doubles are all I'm going to need. But it doesn't sound like much. 18 minutes of Olympic lifting. But by the time I'm done and I go for my rock or my heavy hands or whatever I'm going to go do after, I really feel like I've had a great workout. You talk about how those Olympic lifts just hit different, but what do you think that is? Is it the full body tension? Is that that's what's similar to the wrestling, that isometric force you got to keep when you're, you're holding that weight? Well, there's a technical stress. So you have to do things with a rhythm and tempo. There's a physical stress that every single bone and muscle and the whole body and the whole nervous system is wired. The length of the movement goes from basically my socks to almost eight feet in the air. So that range of motion, basically, if I snatch right when it hits the 12, I put the bar down, I don't look over, but by the time I put the bar down, I'm five, six, seven seconds. And you put the bar down, you add the weights, and then you look up and you're like, holy cow, that happened fast. And there's that stress of having 20. Someone will ask me a question or say, can we change stations or something like that? And I'll look at them and it's like, yeah, okay, no problem. I'll change station. And then I'll get so hyper stressed because I got to sprint back and do the next one. There's something good about that. Uh, I'm a big believer that time is one of the better stressors in the weight room. Obviously, everyone falls in love with load from my world, which is, you know, strength coaching. Maybe in the bodybuilding world, they fall in love with the pump. In the fat loss world, maybe it's the burn. But the thing that I think can constrict you emotionally is time. You know, if you're doing a workout, three sets of eight with one minute rest, you know, three sets of eight where you sit on the, you know, hang out with your buddies and talk about movies isn't a hard workout. Three sets of eight with one minute rest is very challenging on that third set. So time is a constrictor. Sadly, the Tabata workout has been just bastardized to the point that it's unwatchable. But if you ever do Tabata front squats, that 10 seconds when you're literally standing next to the bar, you're afraid maybe for your own life. That's that's a stimulus that maybe isn't something you want to do very often, but once a month, twice a month, it really does radically. I tell you, Tabata front squats every other Wednesday, which is what I used to do, would challenge me in ways that I never considered in my whole Did you have a rep range or did you just go for the 20 seconds? This is a thing I came up with later, and I think this is a good idea, Nick. So the original one, I did as many reps as I could in the front squat. And that's fine, except I was noticing I was descending a little bit too haphazardly. So I had this other idea. Now, I I don't really talk about it online because uh, how do I say this nicely? People are stupid. So, you know, it's like if I say, I don't want to be a jerk, but, you know, that hat looks terrible on you. You know, it's like one of those things. You do a set of eight, rest 10 seconds, do a set of eight, rest 10 seconds, do a set of eight, rest 10 seconds. I personally think that one carried, it's still 64 reps in the front squat. It won't take you eight seconds, but it might take you 13 or 14. What's your load percentage you suggest on something like that? Oh, lighter than you can even imagine. 65 pounds, 30, 40 kilos will school you. Yeah, like a professor. Much, much harder than you think. But what I've noticed is that 65 pounds, 95 pounds, and an occasional 115 pounds. But don't forget, I mean, you're talking to a guy who cleaned 402. So put that in perspective. I'm talking about getting destroyed with 115 pounds or 95. So, yeah, it's eye-opening. We just talked about uh, heart zone training last week, and we were talking about how a lot of these Olympic lifts will end up in three and four, and, and you're kind of double-tapping right now. It's such a unique feeling when you're doing those waves or EMOMs or however you're doing them, especially at – we call it sixty-five percent plus loads. You're 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 blowing yourself out pretty quick. And I love I love the idea of adding weight each minute. That's even better. So what's happening when you add load? And I'm sure the bulk of the stressors in this workout are between my ears. So I'm I'm sure my body is like, we got this, we got this. But there's a stress because you added that last rep. Maybe you wasn't perfect, so now you're stressed out because of your technique. And you're stressed out because you added more. It's just, and I think it's a real nice way to emotionally and physically prepare yourself for a weightlifting meet. I mean, I've been at weightlifting meets with Dave Turner back in the day when I used to have to follow myself all three lifts. 
we came up with this idea that my last warm-up would be my first attempt. So at regional meets, I'd only have two actual lifts on the platform. But my last warm-up was my opener. And then I was given two minutes rest, which it sounds like an hour. And then I'd have to clean and jerk. I mean, you know, I mean, I would jump 308 to 363 to 385. 363 to 402 was the most famous one. Yeah. So yeah. people are saying, why do you make such big jumps? And it's like, I'm a regional meet following myself. You know, I'm not going to get a 20-minute break where I can go out, smoke a pack of Carlton's. And I've never even heard of Carlton's. What are Carlton's? There's an old-school sleeve. Okay. Is that what you used to talk about? Okay. Yeah, you brought, I love the, the, the point you made about the time dependency. I think that's my biggest. So I, I recently um, had a block where I was doing some almost bodybuilding splits, kind of bodybuilding CrossFit hybrid, Dave Lipson's programming. And everything is so centered around the damn clock. Everything's a 60 second rest, 90 second rest, two minute rest. And with bodybuilding, again, it's not so much the load that kills you, it's the time and attention. So you're doing five second concentric, one second pause, five second eccentrics, you know, three seconds, one second pause, three seconds. And it takes a true lunatic to a, write this stuff up and be follow through with it. It was a good experience for me, but I think that that's one thing for our listeners to take into the gym is the time between your sets matters so much and it completely changes the entire workout. And that's something that even the most veteran lifter can really benefit from being very conscious of that. So in some of my programs, we do three sets of eight in the overhead squat with one minute rest, three sets of eight in the front squat with one minute rest. But it's one minute rest after you rack the bar. So if the set of eight takes 35 seconds, when you rack the bar, you still have the full minute. And by the way, if you do something like that, you judge the load only by the last set. So, for example, if you're doing front squats with 165 pounds, not a huge load for a set of eight, you'll rack the bar and you'll look at me and you'll say, don't you know who I am? You know, I'm Rob, you know, I'm, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, God, you know, look at this guy, you know what I'm saying? Then you do the next set of eight and you rack the bar and you're like, yeah, you know, don't you know who I am? I'm Nick. But when you finish that last set of eight and you rack the bar, then you're like, oh, oh okay. So your humility expands with that. With the 60 every minute on the minute, when I snatch, if I stumble around for four or five extra seconds before I put the bar on the ground, and then it takes another 30 seconds to find the weight to add to the next load, now I have 15 seconds to rest. So even though those two workouts look like they're the same, in practice, they're different enough to call it, I think, different at different capacities of the body. Dan, I should have known better Goppin in this conversation. We could give you anything to roll on. You go all night on it. But I did send you some questions. I want to make sure we, we kind of get to these. You said you took some notes on them here. So one thing I always like to talk about with people, especially in the fitness world, uh, the strength and conditioning world, is, is things they've changed their mind on or things they might have become more entrenched on over the last year. So so first up for you in the last year or so, something that you've changed your mind on, it can be related to, to fitness, doesn't have to be. Oh, no. And by the way, just so all of you know, you gave Danny homework and Danny did homework. So, you know, here I am. You're welcome. So I did a deep dive into all the books of Clarence Bass. In fact, this is the third time I've bought Ripped, Ripped 2 and Ripped 3. Then I also bought the Lean Advantage series and Challenge Yourself and the other three newish ones he wrote. And I decided to go back and reread Clarence Bass. Now, he's a bodybuilder, and there's nothing wrong with that. I started to pick up a thing he kept talking about through all the books. And there's two things I want to share with you. Is that okay? Two, is, or is two too many? You'll get lost after one. Are you guys sure? Two is good. Okay. I think we can handle it. You can handle two. Okay. Clarence believes, and I think he's right. Okay. The best advice I can give you is Art Devaney's advice. Don't get fat in the first place. Sit down with your 14 and 50-year-old kids and teach them about good nutrition. Tell them don't eat pizza and drink beer every night in college. Stay as lean as you can, as long as you can. Okay, that's it. since no one did that, now let's move on. Okay. Clarence is a very strong believer that you should lose weight extremely slowly. And I, I, basically, I wrote down in my notes for you guys tonight, maybe one kilo a month, which works out to about uh, about half a pound a week, okay? 
or maybe less. Now, here's the thing, folks. When I went from 259 to 231, I was doing that to the point that you couldn't even notice. You didn't. I noticed it. My clothes, you know, I get ready for a wedding and the belt I wore at the last wedding, you know, that little mark you have on a belt that's just burned in there, especially if you wore the belt on too many, you know, fat gaining programs, you know, it just, it kind of twerks. You know, I put the belt on and be like, and I don't have enough notches. And then I also noticed that the, you know, there was a lot of pooching material on the size and I had worn that six months ago. So really, if you lose a kilo a month, which is six kilos, which is almost the weight of a shot put, it's a huge change in how you look. After that, after when I got down to 230, I wanted to compete at a lighter weight class. And I did. I, I've never missed weighing in. I haven't missed a weigh-in since the 2001 National Championships. That's the last time. And I was 0.2 over and the wouldn't give me the three minutes to deal with it. What an asshole that guy was. Easily, I could have lost that. It just, you know. You could have just spit in his face. I mean, really. Yeah, there you go. Play. There you lost, go. Lost some weight there, yeah. <laughs> so if you decide to go faster than that, yes, on the scale, you will lose weight. But here's the thing. You're going to hit that weight. I got down onto 218. So from 260-ish to 218. But the week after the meet, 223, 226, 227, 228, 229. I don't want to weigh 230 anymore. So I fasted hard, 227, and I got stuck in there for a while. So this is going to get a lot of pushback from most of your listeners because every one of your listeners is a full of fire warrior, you know, killer who can lose. They just have to click their mind on and they're going to lose 75 pounds of fat and put on 22 pounds of lean body mass by eating raw liver with maple syrup. Because that's what I read on the internet. The thing I've become more convinced of, and I've been able to look back in my journals, you know, as I've told you before, I've, my journals go back to 1971. So, I mean, I, I have some a, a body of knowledge I can re reference. So the first thing I wanted to say, and this is important, there's two sides of this, so let me finish. First off, I think you should lose at most about a half a pound a week. Now, here's the problem. When you step on the scale every day for a week and it says 227, 227, 227, 227, you're not going to be very, but at the end of six months, it's going to say 210 or 214. You just have to hang in there. But the second thing I picked up, which just is just like a game changer for me, Clarence believes in eating basically the exact same thing every day. So Joe Weeder had called him up and said, I want you to do a photo shoot. And he looked in the mirror and he said, oh God, you know, I'm at extremely obese. He was 4.4% body fat. I mean, geez, I mean, that's just embarrassing, right folks? I mean, he did an interesting thing. Since he eats the same consistent basic meals every day, something I'm trying to adopt myself as best I can to get ready for this photo shoot for his peanut butter sandwich every day, instead of having two pieces of bread, he had one and he added 15 minutes to his walk is how he prepared himself for a muscle and fitness photo shoot was dropping one piece of bread and adding about 15 minutes to his daily walk. And I looked at that and I thought, this is why he's Clarence Bass and I'm some deep bag who lives in Murray, Utah. So what's cool about what I'm telling you is if you try something like consistent meals where you're basically eating the same thing at your meals, basically. Now you can certainly play around with it. And by the way, the funny thing is most Americans already do this. That one study that found that most Americans only eat 14 different food things. I didn't know, I, I didn't know that study. Watch a first grader eat. They try real hard. Uh, actually, if you get a chance, sit down with somebody who you love and care for and just ask them what they eat on a typical day. It'll probably something like a bagel and then I get hungry, and it's a Milky Way, and then I go to Chipotle, and I have this, and then I get hungry in the afternoon, and I eat that, and then dinner is DoorDash, and it's this. Okay. Almost universally. Some people, 14 is more variation. In fact, that was one of my first teenage articles. 
I actually thought that was a good idea, except what I wanted you to eat was a dozen eggs, two pounds of salmon, a carton of cottage cheese, a thing of blueberry. You know, I had this whole thing that was just over the top. And then after that, he did anything you want, you know? <laughs> so if you can get yourself to get yourself into a consistent eating program, and by the way, I didn't say it was keto. I didn't say it was Ornish. I didn't say it was Atkins. I didn't say it was paleo or whatever the hell it is. If you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. Get yourself into consistent, and if you see your body fat nudging up, cut back a piece of bread a day. And by the time the photo shoot came around, he looked great. I look at that, and the logic and the brilliance of it really just reached out to me, and you know, I liked it, okay? And it's something I talk to my patients about. We're, we're struggling to get range of motion back in a joint. And the one thing I always emphasize is death by a thousand cuts, right? Like you don't want to jam into that motion, jam into that pain. We got to just be consistent with our stretch and be consistent with our bike. And over time, that's going to put you in a much, much better place than trying to do too much too fast. And, and it's only because I've seen it a thousand times is, is why I've come to that conclusion. But it's the exact same thing that you're talking about. So think about it this way. Get nine hours of sleep a night for five years and see how you look at the end of the five years. You guys know I like protein at every meal, veggies at every meal, water at every meal. Do that two to four times a day, sleep nine hours, walk every day, and that will be far better than trying to do everything on January 1st. Yeah, I think there's such a mental block with people. You know, the continuous improvement, mm. there's so much out there, 1% better, pays dividends. And for some reason, when it comes to weight, people get so stressed out if there's not that immediate Am I doing it right? You know, and if you're going into the gym tomorrow and you're lifting for the first time, you're not trying to bench 400 pounds. You're doing what you're comfortable with. And every week you're tracking it and you're getting incrementally better. And that works for strength gaining. But for some reason, people have such a disconnect and they get so disenchanted. If they hop on that scale on Monday and on Friday, they haven't lost three or four pounds and they've worked really hard at it. And it's, it's unfortunate. So my thought is, and I think this is going to make me a better coach, is to try to get people to think about almost no change a week. You wake up one day and you look better, feel better, move better. I think we're saying the same thing, but boy, is it hard at some level to make that happen. It is. And listen, I get it. There's a couple of very famous online coaches who promise these results. If you just follow the program and, you know, you'll bench a thousand the first year. Well, I haven't seen that very often. <laughs> or deadlift 750, like the famous uh, workout that shall not be named. Don't forget, the reason I got involved with the workout that shall not be named is he told us that doing burpees could get you a 750-pound deadlift. I was the last person to deadlift in a meet. I deadlifted more than anybody else. And I deadlifted 628 at 3 a.m. in the morning, by the way. Did I tell you the story how he picked the load? No. Very scientific. 
I went up to the judge after someone failed at 622 and I said, what's heavier? And he goes, 628. And I said, I'll take that. I took the lift and we all went home. <laughs> that's, where, that's where my deadlift PR. Wait, I, I think I'm missing an inside joke here. What's the Voldemort program, the one that shouldn't be named? What, what are we talking about here? Now you got him pissed off. Here we go. He's going to have to drink some of his wine. Oh, uh, gosh. Is this wine or coffee? Yeah, it looks like there. coffee. I'm not sure. Hopefully it's the hard it's, stuff. It's, that's bone broth with collagen in it. <laughs> It's liquefied liver with maple syrup with deer antlers from uh, Chernobyl. Okay, we'll do it old school style. Okay, crossword style. Eight letters, ends in T. Crossfit? Yes. I, if I say the name, uh, someone dies. It's, okay, uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like saying red <laughs> rum into a mirror. Yes. <laughs> and you never got that 750 deadlift. That's bullshit. I know. God, yeah, and all those burpees didn't help. So... That's what you change your mind on the last but to, six, 12 months. What's something that you become even more ardent and this is the way it is? Like, yeah, every weight workout should be followed by a walk, a ruck, a ride, a swim, a heavy hands. Every weight workout, you walk out the door and walk. If you're a, an Olympic lifter, a power lifter, I would say just walk. My good friend Stu talks about how Walking is probably the best thing you can do for your spine. So does it burn off the free fatty acids that my body is? Yes, of course it does. It's the secret to leanness. Does it make my spine better? Yes, it's the only answer to spine health. It is a miracle. I wish there was a bigger word than miracle. I am absolutely convinced that when that last weight hits the ground, walk, bike, run, it can be something as 15 minutes, it can be 30 minutes. I've had great success with 45-minute walks. And when you get back to the facility, you feel better, you look better, you move better. I love that. What are heavy hands? So I use two or three or five-pound weights in each hand, and I walk like this. Probably the most underrated way to do cardiovascular work. So my heart rate with two-pound weights after workout is in my Maffetone numbers. 45 minutes holding two-pound weights keeps me like I'm jogging or running without any impact because the farther that hand gets away from my belly button, the more physics kicks in and makes it more and more unwieldy. You got to be careful in this because this is low-end studies, but I can go as heavy as a 60-pound weight vest and that'll equal three pounds in my hands. Because having the weight here versus here, it's just physics. I love the idea of incorporating rocking too. I mean, that's a oh. different type of sock. I do five days a week, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, my, the ruck I'm using now is 30 pounds. What do you use? Do you have a kit? Do you put on a, a Go Rock backpack? Like, what do you? Yeah. I've got, uh, my favorite one is uh, school backpacks, and you drop a kettlebell in there. I've got the Perform Better one that's got those little ammo cartridge. Yeah. But the problem is that when you whip it off, they all fall out. Yeah, I've got yeah. another generic brand, and then I've got a couple lighter ones. I think I have five or six of them total. Yeah. And for our gentle listeners, I experiment a lot. I buy a lot of equipment, run it through, see how it goes. Some of the stuff ends up underneath the porch, and some of the stuff I write articles. Yeah, that's why I asked. I figured you'd put some stuff to the test. Yeah. I like the Go Ruck ones, but I like the ones I use better. So that's number one. Number two is the importance of the Olympic snatch. This isn't for everybody, but for throwers and people who make a living colliding with people, the Olympic snatch is just money. And then the third one, which I don't know how much you want me to go into. Are you ready? People are stupid. Yeah. I mean, you can expand on that if you'd like, because I agree. You know, especially with this uh, Instagram, YouTube generation where you can put any bullshit you want and telling people you eat raw foods. And one of my uh, assistants told me about, she is a friends with a very famous female fitness influencer, very famous. And she'll go on and say, well, here's what I do. Sometimes I just take a yogurt and I cut it in half and I add a banana, but then in bananas, I slice them. So I get more seeds. Well, she's also on, I don't know the words exactly, clenbuterol and trembolin. So, my assistant explaining to me drugs that this woman is on. But here's the thing, folks, I'm looking you right in the eye. I don't give a shit if you take drugs for your performance. I don't care. Now, if we're competing, it'll piss me off, but I don't care. Here's the thing, folks. When you pay the price for what you're doing, 
please, I'm begging you, shut the F up. I have a very close friend. She's female. She decided to throw the implement farther, so she went on drugs. Talked to her not long ago. She's infertile. And the doctor's convinced it's because uh, of her foray into testosterone. She's all crying on the phone to me, and I'm like, if you dance with the devil, you got to pay the fiddler, right? Here's another one. I got an email a couple of years back from a guy I used to compete against, and he told me about how he has found Jesus. And he's dead now because he had one of those cancer time bomb where they give you six months. As a theologian, let me just say this as clear as I can. How much hubris do you need to say that you found Jesus? So if you're a Christian and you believe that Jesus is the son of God and Dan John went out, oh, don't worry, folks, I'm here for you. I found Jesus for all of you. Here's my thought. You did drugs. They impacted you. You die. Die like a man. There's a great scene in the movie Last Starfighter. You guys seen Last Starfighter? I'm not. Oh, dear God. Write it down. Gotcha. Oh, it's so good. Something happens at the end, and one of the bad guys says, oh, no, you know, what's we're going to crash on that planet and die. And the guy looks over and goes, then we shall die. That's how I want to go out. I want to be able to look my grandchildren, Danny, Josephine, Leo, and I want to be able to say to them, just after flipping the caber, then I shall die. What's the old saying? You, you never meet an atheist in a foxhole? In my family, there's actually a very good story about that, yeah. My brother Ray, when he was in Vietnam, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, the federal government's settling the Agent Orange cases. That's nice because my brother came home from Vietnam when I was in the third grade, and they're settling the case with him. Holy uh, shit. For you guys who don't know, I'm a retired professor. You know, all these very famous people have been dying for about the last 20, 25 years, and a lot of them, you know, went deep on the dark side, and they're dying. And I'm fine with it. All I ask is just accept it. Don't go to Sports Illustrated and start crying about how you made mistakes. You dance with the devil, and I'm okay with that. That's a douchey set of statements, folks. I do apologize. Obviously, something's bothering me. That gets our, all of our beaks wet here. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. It's that We live in a generation where people don't want to pay the toll for what they did. It's like, I look at it, this Ben Simmons situation. I don't know if you're an NBA fan, but you sat out. You lit $20 million on fire, and now you're going to sue to get that $20 million back. It's like, I get it that there's a mental health component, but at the same time, what about the guy who's got depression and anxiety that has to go, you know, pick up the trash to support his family of four? Does he not have a mental health problem? Or he just can't, you know, light the $20 million on fire? I just think it's bullshit. Like, you got to pay the piper, you know, if you are dealing with something, you know, you know, eat that money. You know, if that's what it is and it was that important, eat the money. But you know he's going to file a grievance and you know it's going to come back around again. Yeah. What really got me kind of going is I'm doing workshops again and I'm bumping into people who say, you know, Dan, do you follow the guy who eats liver with maple syrup? No, because I would like to occasionally have intercourse and not a lot of women want to be with a guy who eats liver raw liver with maple syrup i mean my neighbors think i'm a lunatic already they do love the fact that they do live in the safest street in the state of utah my neighbor one time said it seemed like you had a whole bunch of very were they were they military and i i can't tell you who they were but basically this was the safest location in the world for about a week one time because they're all here at the house we can't wait for the liver king heart attack we just can't wait that's what i'm hearing Okay, well, yeah. And I, the thing is, before... we're not gonna, we're not gonna, it's like, it's like the crocodile hunter. It's like you had a good run. You're a fucking crocodile hunter. Like it, it's over, Hoss. Don't pet stingrays. Is it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Don't hunt crocodiles. Like, you know, like the guy from Jackass is like, don't be a jackass and you won't, you know, die driving your car 138 miles an hour. It's like, holy cow. This is. What, what are you talking? Are you crazy? This is sensible. Yeah, that was great, man. And, and I'm going to add a little bit to this last question. What is something in the health and wellness space that has you really excited for the future? Here's kind of a cool thing. In fact, uh, somebody said I should write a whole book about it, but I love making lists about what people I trust say. So Rusty Moore, he's the guy, he's yacht bod, he's uh, virtual impact. You know, he would say fast, wake up, drink a lot of coffee, have a very intense meal, go for a walk, veggies, protein, water. Okay, okay. And I, I basically just stole everything. 
a couple months ago, someone gave me some advice statistically about what makes you live longer. Now, they didn't include any drugs on here, but we know that metformin, glucophage, seems to help, yes, live longer. But again, that's a doctor-prescribed thing. And yeah, I've been on it for a long time since my liver issues from going to the Middle East and picking up a bug. But the person says, okay, here are the things statistically that makes you live longer. Drinking coffee, boom, vitamin D. Well, in fact, because of some research, I've upped my vitamin D. For those of you who are wondering if this is cutting edge stuff, Heidegger in his book, Physiology of Strength, talked about vitamin D and the research came from the late 1940s. So this stuff is cutting edge, folks, brand new. So here's the funny thing. None of us in this conversation was even thought about when the research was done for this, okay? Walk more. This person said that nuts and seeds, of course, the keto people just you know had a bowel movement, but uh, uh, nuts and seeds seem to help humans with longevity. And then the fifth one on that list is meditate. Coffee, vitamin D, walk, nuts, seeds, uh, meditate. This is what Greg O'Gallagher sent out this week about keeping your testosterone levels high if you're a, a non-drugger, sleep, vitamin D, stay as lean as you can. Now, that's a little different. And what's the best advice to stay lean? Don't get fat in the first place. Brief, intense training, about three workouts a week. Balance your fats, carbs, and protein. And as appropriate, fast. Rusty Moore said this. My longevity friend said that. Greg O'Gallagher says this. If you read my programming Before I go to bed, I make the coffee. The coffee's already been made. I do my meta supplements. That's, uh, I take Metamucil, Metformin. Oh, and I take Hibernate. And I make my to-do list. I do my one-minute meditation. I'm up to 15 minutes every morning, first thing. Eat veggies at every meal. Five days a week, I lift appropriate. And then I walk after. And then number five is make a difference. Uh, That's my daily pirate map. And it's just funny because the thing I do every day is the thing that Greg O'Gallagher recommends. It's the thing that my longevity specialist recommends. It's the thing that Rusty Moore, the fat loss expert, recommends. And all of a sudden, I start to see the same kinds of things are starting to appear more and more and more. Now, you can say to me, Dan, I think that guy's a douche. He's a, I hate, I, fine. But sometimes you you step back and you push away and you go, yeah, but look at the recommendations. Look at what we're seeing here. So that to me is something I find sort of exciting right now is that we've come back to the idea that simple things like a good night's sleep, writing your to-do list about an hour and a half before you go to bed, it's like scrubbing your brain clean. It's like your, I don't know, whatever women, you know, they do that stuff on their face at night, the cleansing. Yeah. I take a shower. It's a cleansing of the brain. I don't eat instantly. I drink coffee. I get a lot of caffeine in me. And then I work out. I go for my walk. Today, I had a Middle Eastern breakfast lunch that I think had 14 different vegetables. Tonight for dinner, we did a Korean meal. I mean, the amount of fermented foods and vegetables. And here I am, 65 years old. I still like my chances against most people in a discus throwing or Highland Games competition or Olympic lifting. But what I'm seeing is that a lot of us are doing those same patterns doing the simple stuff you know one of the things that i think made you resonate to folks like myself as i was getting into this stuff 10 15 20 years ago was you made complicated things very easy to digest and understand and what i've noticed recently is it's kind of all coming full circle we have phones we have computers we have all this technology and you know you can do all this high tech stuff But if you talk to folks about mental health and just proper preparation, it all comes back to the simplest shit. Get a notebook, take some notes, outline your day, make your, you know, like you said, kind of exfoliate that brain every single night and get up and do it again. And the less you can think about and the more you can put on cruise control, the more efficient your life's going to be. Can I tell you a real quick double story that just happened? Yes. So one of my former students, Frank, he went to Harvard and it was kind of interesting in our conversation uh, about a week ago. He says to me, he goes, so my company is losing $30 million a quarter and I'm just so concerned. So I figured I got to start working out again, get myself back on. And so I went online and I saw a name and it, my God, they reference you. So I looked at your stuff. So we started doing easy strength followed by walking. 
And it's kind of funny. It's like when the body gets healthy, the brain gets healthy, the business gets healthy. Real quick, I just want to point out one small thing. Could you imagine having a business that's bleeding out $30 million a quarter? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but once I get around 25, I start to freak a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, I burned through a couple million a you know, week or two, but God, 30 is a lot of money. You know, of course, the strength coaches, you guys know, you guys, you know, we're very wealthy. And the other story is last Saturday was my elementary schools. We were supposed to meet last year, but it was our 51st year reunion. Some of the most wonderful people I ever knew. And several people mentioned when my brother Ray came home from Vietnam, because I leaped, I'm about to get misty eyed. I leaped out of my chair and I ran up to him. Okay. That was in the third grade and the sixth grade, Gary came home from Vietnam and they didn't know about my brother, Phil, but I, I told them about being in the Vietnam war. And one of my friends has kind of put his hands on the table. You know what guy does this kind of movement? And he goes, he kind of leans in, John leans back in and goes, it was only a few years ago that I realized how difficult growing up in your home must have been when you had guys off at war every couple of years and you try to be normal. And it was interesting because I grew up with battle fatigue, shell shock, whatever we want to call it now, as a normal part of my home because my dad was military too, got uh, blown up in World War II and my two brothers got blown up in Vietnam. But I liked your point. I think it was Nick who made the point about mental health, because what keeps you mentally healthy when every single day of your life, you're worried about a knock on the door with a, a Catholic priest and a staff sergeant and a first lieutenant. That was the big fear. What keeps you healthy is you make your bed, you put away the dishes, you clean up the dog poop, you mow the lawn. Uh, you fold the clothes, you do the homework, you read the book. The simple things in life keeps you from losing your effing mind. So thank you. And if I've ever helped anybody in the situation I grew up in, well, put that damn thing on my tombstone, okay? Unreal, man. You help me every time we talk. I think it's absolutely awesome to to check in with you like we do. Uh, and every single time I come away with a whole bunch of notes, I will be honest. I didn't think a 1984 movie would be the very first thing that I would have homework from you. Uh, but I, you know, the last starfighter will be, uh, will be watched. And you'll wonder why they never made a sequel. <laughs> it is a great show. Going to check it out. Thank you, man. So much. Dan, John, where the free stuff is and Dan, John university. There's so much information on there guys. I can't encourage you enough to, to check it out. I, I don't usually sell my stuff, but let me give these guys a uh, please. Code. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So I wrote a goal setting program and then I doubled it in size. In fact, I, I'm hoping next year make it even larger. So I don't know if you guys know about my two number theory. Every day in my journal, I put one of my goals on this side and the other of my goals on this side. And then I talk about all the things I did to achieve those two number goals. Okay. I discussed that in depth there. So if you want a massive discount, ladies and gentlemen, when you sign up for the site, add the word goals, G-O-A-L-S, and it'll give you a third of the normal. And it's only for three months, but still, that's not bad. I look at what people sell stuff online for, and I think you also get the forum and everything else. And I mean, those millions of articles on that page, I mean, there's so much. And the PDFs, I don't know if you've seen the books on there. It's pretty impressive, yeah. Uh, you got great stuff. It's a it's a wonderful and, and again I I encourage everyone if, if you're getting into fitness, you're new to it, the where we fell in love with you, those old T Nation articles, I think they still hold up. I still look at them, I still reference them. So we we obviously thank you for those as well as all your other works, man. You know, Dan, it's like they're not interested in me anymore because I don't do seven ways to terrorize your triceps. You know what, Dan? You just got your you. You can't fucking worry about all these other you know jamokes out there doing this nonsense like oh, no no i'm not but it's it it's like one of those things i cannot honestly adapt with certain things because it's against my core values well, that's why we like you we don't like that's why you're here yeah we've got you're you're, you're yeah, we're, we're on rocky four here this is your fourth appearance dan you're you're you beat the shit out of all yeah. else back more than twice so yeah, yeah 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 this is this, this is, is a special, good man yeah special time yeah. when you come when you come back so we'll do it again in a couple months. You'll see that the Nick Cressy at Gmail say, hey, man, how's your schedule? <laughs>
And what do I what do I always say, Nick? You say absolutely, and I fucking love it. Thanks so much, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it, man. Hey guys, thanks for always- sorry I got all angry and pissy. Well, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for good good podcasting. All right. Cool. Love you guys. Talk always to good you. to see you. Take care, man. Hey, hope you guys enjoyed that absolutely awesome every time we talk to him i love him man he's he's great i don't think we have time really for smokes and we just talked i don't think anyone's made anything that great recently do you have a stream or are you just going to use the last starfighter dan because it's been so recent i'm just going to use the last starfighter but i will take this time because winning time which i recommended a couple weeks ago is going on. It's getting a lot of publicity for the portrayal of Jerry West, and Jerry West is taking this to the Supreme Court. It's a whole shit show. I fuck it, and I don't care how realistic it is, and I don't care what it gets wrong. I fucking love that show. So if you haven't watched Winning Time on HBO Max, do yourself a favor and watch it. So that, that'll be like my reinforcement stream of the week. Awesome. You guys have any good hitters? Have you read any books? I was thinking of them today because Dan John was talking about this slow weight loss i've tried to talk to zach about this he's trying to do this crash diet get on 200 pounds it's the slow loss that gets you there either way i'm hoping he starts listening to the podcast this is the second time i shout him out we got push a t let the smoker shine the coops great hitter so i'm talking about i got to push a song too what do you got dan no nothing this week on hitters I, I will offer up one song this is not a gym hitter it's not going to go on the playlist but Great Friday song. I shared it with you, Nick. Uh, Social Drinker by Ballyhoo. Just fucking amazing. Like, if you just want to, like, get fired up to drink a few beers, that's a great song. But definitely not a hitter. <laughs> I got a would you rather for you guys before we leave. And I'm not. <laughs> yes. This is from Reddit. I can't. T- and we might want to cut it. But would you rather have penis-sized nipples or nipple-sized penis? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I got a set of nips. So, I mean, for me... That's so stupid. I can't. I mean, is it my penis size or like, you know, like, do we get to pick the penis size? I don't know, but I went on to Reddit to find some of these. And I, almost, <laughs> I almost cried when I read that. And like Rob said, it's so stupid, but I love it. <laughs> I'm really thinking about this. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to keep what, that what, in. What I think we're comments? 100% keeping that in. Right? One of the comments goes, this dude, over here with foot long <laughs> nips how do you function my man <laughs> all right let me give you my hitter and we'll bounce yeah we'll keep that uh hope you don't mind dan uh dan john that is scrape it off by Pusha T. new album it's almost dry dropped last friday just so good start to finish dope rap like just go listen to it 35 minutes it'll get you through a tough workout am i the only one where if like somebody i like has a beef with another rapper i don't listen to that rap like i like drake and i heard that he had a beef with Pusha t so mm-hmm. i just don't like Pusha t and i'll never listen to his music kind of happened to me with jay-z and nas and then i realized i was an idiot and jay-z's awesome yeah you're an awesome. idiot with this one too because yeah she's got some good no music. i like his song like hard piano like i've listened to a, a yeah. good amount of songs but like it's just like a like yeah, a mental go out of your yeah. way too yeah yeah it's like if you if you recommend like, i'll listen to these two songs for sure I can't get over the the next would you rather. That's really throwing me off. Yeah, if Dan John if he gets beyond his own interview and listens to that, that might be the fourth and final Rocky <laughs> slash Dan John. Uh, I just think anyone with a, even a relatively decent sense of humor would think it's pretty funny to have penises as nipples, so. or or the vice versa. Like you just have like a little nub. Like that's that's fun. I well, guess that would be weird, but. <laughs> Oh, man. I just I just think of what a shirt would look like. <laughs> then it'd be great. You could have like little holders or like Best you know. of our pull-ups would never look the same. Yeah, yeah you'd just be like, yeah, be like dinging them. <laughs> like like <laughs> have a little sound. All right. On that note. All right, we'll be back next week. Good night, Peace. dudes. Bye.